All right, we're going to call this the paralysis of apathy. I'm here with my good brother, Bryce. Hello, everybody. We're, I, I am just, God has just been blowing me up about how he used just one or two people in some really dire situations to change global circumstances. And I'm just, we're going to share this real quick. Going into Daniel chapter 2 where Daniel was taken out of captivity with a couple brothers and if you if you read through Daniel 1 they weren't the only ones that were there but they were the only ones who separated themselves from the king's meat to do God's will they were the only ones who stood up to the people there and said hey <laughs> we would like permission to do things the way God told us to do them and would you would you let us do this and sure enough, because they stood up for God, God prospered them. And it said they prospered above any of the other captives from Judah and Israel. Think about that. Because they stood up for God, God was with them. And now going into, this is the biggest thing I want to touch on today. We've got, we're facing down an election right now with, with huge complications, huge implications of <clears throat> corruption and lies and things sh shady things happening on both sides and nobody in this country is at peace about this and i feel like there's some parallels to this what do you think yeah no i i yeah i absolutely agree i mean i, I want you to get to the the meat yeah all right so daniel 2 nebuchadnezzar has a dream and just think about this why did god give nebuchadnezzar a dream he didn't have to show him this but he did and he he had a, he gave him a dream, and the the gist of the dream was this. Well, before we get to the dream, let's get to the, all the wise people who didn't have an answer. It says, God gave Nebuchadnezzar a dream, and he was troubled, and he was so troubled he couldn't sleep. But when he woke up, he couldn't remember the dream, and so he called all his wise men to him. And when they couldn't give him an answer, he said, "I want you to tell me the dream so that I know you're not lying to me, because I feel like you're going to lie to me. So you have to tell me the dream." And then tell me the meaning of it, which, of course, they balked at and until Daniel was told because the king got angry at his wise men and said, kill them all. But when that decree was sent out, Daniel had enough favor from chapter one, where we just talked about where, where God gave him favor with his handlers and with the captain of the guard because he had stood up for God's word, because he had stood up to do the right thing. Got, he already had favor with that guy. And so when the king sent out the command and said, hey, kill all the wise men, and of, of whom Daniel was one of them, <clears throat> Daniel was able to say, hey, let me talk to the king. And just think about how that captain was given an order from a king saying, go kill everybody. And now Daniel's saying, hey, can you please let me talk to the king? Even though he just asked you to kill me, right. can you please let me talk to this king? Right. Right? And then stop me anytime. Yeah, no, the only thing that, like, when you were talking about, like, the, I had a, a new revelation. When you're talking Daniel 1, and they didn't partake of what the king's, you know, his table, the meat from his table or whatever, what they were basically doing were setting themselves apart mm -hmm. from everybody else. Yeah. So, like, as we are believers in Christ, we should not be like the world. We should be completely in stark contrast to the world. That means if it 
like not eating meat from the king's table and just be like, no, bro, like this, so I won't be defiled and I honor my God. This is how I'm going to conduct myself. And that's why I think God knew that their heart and what they chose to do, even in like, they, I mean, they were in the king's court. Like he wanted yep. to feed them the best so they would yep. be, you know, strong or healthy and blah, blah, blah. So they could serve at the will of the king. But they're like, no, dude, like he, well, he was not, you know, a, a godly king or a God fearing king. And they just, what I, what I saw was that they made themselves separated from that completely, just as we should now be separated yeah. completely from yeah. uh, the world. Yeah. Amen. And to that point, that's a really good thing. It's a really big deal to stand up to a king who's trying to feed you their meat, especially yeah. in a time when food wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, you could, oh, yeah. could go down to the grocery store and eat whatever you want. But right. that that is such a good point because they stood up to a king who was trying to feed them and said, we're going to eat vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it terrified the dude, the guy that was in control and in charge of them. Yeah. He said, no. He's like, like, if you look any less healthy than everybody else, I'm dead. That's a really good point. I'm dead. So, like, I, you can't, don't, he's like almost pleading with him. Don't make me do this. Yeah. Don't, like, what you're asking is too much. And he's like, no, 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 bro. Check this out. We oh, serve the living God. Dude. You give us these vegetables and water and we will look even better and perform better than all your people that will eat from the king's table. Bro, that is such a good point because every step along the way, the devil's always going to throw these roadblocks in uh, in front of Christians today. Even like, if you stand up to them, you're gonna you're gonna look right. stupid. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna even face the threat of death. And I just have a question to all my fellow believers: like, how much of us in America today face the threat of death? How much how much of us face little more than the prospect of embarrassment? embarrassment to right. our ego right for standing up for what's right and these guys stood up to death and said we, we trust in god over right. and over and over again but i want to really hit on daniel too <clears throat> god showed nebuchadnezzar this dream for no other reason than to say hey i'm god mm-hmm. and there's going to be kings after you and they're going to fall just like you or you're going to fall and for no other reason than so this man that was placed there in that kingdom, Daniel, could show him the meaning of this dream and say, there is a God and your days are numbered. Right. And, and, and another thought to that is most of the kings in those days, especially in these polytheistic countries, mm-hmm. they truly believed they were either a representative of their gods or another god in and of themselves right right right. most of the pharaohs and stuff oh yeah right so for god to reveal himself especially through a captive right Mm -hmm. and say hey there's a real god and he's bigger than you (laughs) that what an amazing thing and so that, that now that brings me full circle to us today what is going on with god's people why who why who are we fighting for are we fighting for Democrats or Republicans? Who are we fighting for? Daniel stood in front of Nebuchadnezzar and said, there's going to be another king after you. And there's going to be another king after him. And then there's going to be another king after him. And our stone cut out without hands is going to crush them all. Like that's that like guys, we are on the verge of something so big right now where the enemy is trying to oppress God's people. If you read in 
<coughs> Revelations where he talks about the four angels on the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of darkness, the winds of evil, the winds of persecution on God's people until their names are sealed in the book of life. Mm-hmm. And and yet we're we're on earth worrying about what the Democrats said. Right. Or what the Republicans said. Right, right. Like Daniel how many kings did Daniel see? Oh. How many kings did he serve for? Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, Darius, Cyrus? Cyrus. 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 Yeah, yeah, right. At least four kingdoms. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we stress out over one king or the other. And here's the biggest overarching point that I want to make so, 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 so heavily. We cannot afford to be apathetic. We cannot afford to be apathetic. Think about for a second if Daniel had not said, "Hey, to the king's chamber." I'm gonna I'm gonna read down here just a minute, just just a little bit lower in, in uh, chapter two. The Chaldeans answered the king. The wise men answered the king. The magicians answered the kings and said, "You can't you can't ask this of us to tell us the dream, and the meaning. No, even the gods, only the gods could do that, and they don't even live among us." And Daniel and his fellows were. <laughs> were sent to be slain, and they didn't whine or snivel. They said they went back to Arioch, the captain of the king's garden, and said, hey, they answered in wisdom. They answered with wisdom and with understanding before him. And he said, hey, let me talk to the king. Like, what? <laughs> who could that be other than God prospering his way yeah, to sure. let that captain, to make that captain say no and not just kill him right there? Right. Right. Like he could have killed him right there. Yep. And yet the biggest thing that I wanted to get at this is we have to be audacious. The the British special <laughs> special forces, the SAS, they have a saying called the audacious win. Mm. He who dares wins. Right, right. In, in other words, if you don't dare, if you don't have the audacity to push for victory, you will never succeed. And this is one of the biggest things as believers. And <laughs> dude, please feel free to chime in no, on this. Good, good. One of the biggest things as believers that we, in this land in of America that we are so apathetic. It makes me sick. Right. It makes me sick when I look at myself at things that I've accepted in my in my own flesh. You right. know, and in the, in things that I've allowed in my flesh, but now, especially looking around at at the corruption that's running rampant, not just in our in our country, but in our church even, and just saying like, why doesn't this make us sick? And I, and right. if you have anything else, otherwise, I'm gonna go to judges. Yeah, so I I look at it as like the Lord has really told me recently that the the time is coming. He's preparing a time. For where you, every Christian or person that's listening to this, you will have the decision to make whether you are going to follow Christ in its entirety and what he has commanded us to do and what it really truly looks like to walk as a Christian in this world or the other choice is to abdicate and to go along with the world so you don't offend somebody or you hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. That's not that's not the intention of a Christian anyways, but if the truth stings a little, so be it. And if it comes down to like you being thrown into prison, like God already said that was going to happen. 
if you look at the world around you and you don't really feel the urgency in your spirit that something is coming, that things have changed, that we're not going back to la-la land of just things being, you know, I can sit at my house in comfort of my couch and just watch this screen that glows from, you know, 5 to 10 p.m. when I go to bed and wake up and just do it all again. No, those days are gone. There is a time coming where you will really have to walk out what you truly profess. And that's why he also said, I, in uh, Revelation, where he was, he was uh, getting on that church saying, yeah. I wish that you were cold or piping hot, but you are neither. And you are lukewarm, and I will spit you from my mouth. And if that doesn't ring true in your life right now and kind of give you that fear of the Lord, it really should, and you need to wake up. And I don't mean that in a cold, ugly way. I actually really am telling you from a, a place of love. Because I want everybody that hears this to accept the truth and follow Christ and what they're supposed to do because the time is coming. The time is coming. Amen. You know? Amen. That, that, that puts me right into Judges. There's, there is a consequence so heavy on us who have been given upon whom the ends of the earth has come. There's a consequence so heavy on us if we are apathetic. Um, there was a friend of mine who shared this many years ago, and I'm, I'm going to echo what he said. Uh, go to Judges chapter 18, where it talks about the tribe of Dan. And it said in the tribe of Dan, and this is Judges 18, so this is almost to the time of the kings. This is almost to the time of King Saul. This is the end of the book of Judges. And some could argue, you know, you know, time could be skewed or changed a couple hundred years this way or that way. But the point still stands. Joshua was dead. And after Joshua died, there was there was another the all the elders of those of those same tribes that fought with Joshua, they kept leading the charge. So what I'm getting at is the movement had uh, to take over the promised land had long been over. And all of the other 12 tribes, because there were really 13 tribes, but one of them had been relegated to the role of priests. Mm -hmm. But even the priests, it said, had taken the land. So all the other 12 tribes had taken their territory in the land. It said Caleb went to Joshua and said, hey, give me my possession. I want my land. And they went up and they took their land. Every single one of the tribes did theirs, but it says in in Judges verse eighteen, or sorry, chapter eighteen, verse one, it said, "In theirs, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and the tribe of Dan sought an inheritance because, all the way up into that day, their inheritance had not fallen unto them. Like it hadn't fallen in their lap." And it goes on. I I highly suggest you read from chapter 18 all the way to the end of Judges and just see the corruption and the just halfwayness that 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 the tribe of Dan put into their last their last gasp of a push. I'll just read a couple highlights. It says the children of Dan they sent their family from their family five men from their coast. Men of valor, right? It looked like they were doing the right thing. But really they went and they they started dabbling with this this evil evil priest and and uh he who wasn't worshiping god and they tried to have a, they tried to have a form of godliness but they weren't really interested in keeping the covenant right and it said it said they went and they saw the men of laish and they saw that the people there were careless 
and they, they dwelled after the Zidonians, quiet and secure. There was no magistrate in the land, no law, no no real army to worry about. And they and they went back and it said, they, in verse 9 it says, Arise, we will go up against them. We have seen the land. Let's not be slothful. Let's go up and possess the land. And just think about how good. If we're talking about Christianese, right? Mm-hmm. Churchianity. Yeah, yeah. Like, think about how how righteous and full of valor that must have sounded. But really they were just masking their own laziness and their own apathetic nature because read on through the rest of judges and look at all the terrible things that they did and and all the terrible things that were happening even in the tribe of benjamin that when there was no king in the land Mm. no one to really uphold the virtues of good and that most of most of where it talks about dan is in just uh chapter 18 but the real kicker to the the tribe of Dan mm. is what did what did do you remember what Moses commanded them when he said go up and possess the land? Did he, do you remember what he what type of nations he told them they were going to possess? He said you're going to go up into a promised land into a place of nations mightier than you. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right, right. Yeah. He didn't say go pick a fight with the small guys. Right, yeah. He You're said you go, go yeah. find the biggest, baddest <laughs> mo in that place and you knock his teeth out. Right. Right? Yeah. But here's Dan and they go to this quiet village in Laish and they said, well, they're quiet. They don't have they don't have any law. There's no one that really that's going to fight us. And it says they dwell there to this day. They took Micah, their false priest, and they went and they set up a, a shrine in that village that no one fought for. And it says they dwell there to this day. Wow. And so we go to Revelations chapter 7. And this is the kicker here. Go to Revelations chapter 7, starts in verse 5. And it talks about those that are sealed in the book of the Lamb. And this is this matters. Oh yeah. Now obviously this is talking about because if you're redeemed in Christ, you're redeemed into the seed of Abraham. So obviously this is talking about all of the body of Christ, but there's significance to this because read the tribes that were sealed here. Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And Judah. And Judah. Sorry, Mr. Thank you. No, you no Dan. This is what apathy buys us, brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. This is what apathy buys us. Right. Like, I'll share it again. I shared it with you earlier. The the old the old um, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Lester Summerall, but I love what he said when he said, "It's easier to cast out a demon than it is to cast out a Christian." Yeah. Oh yeah. Because a Christian thinks they have a choice. Correct. Right. They, they they think they don't have to obey. Yeah. The demon knows they have to obey the name of Jesus. Correct. And I just I pray as you listen to this and as you dig into the word tonight, I pray that your heart is is turned at peace with God, mm-hmm. but truly just sick to your stomach with ap- uh, with the idea of apathy towards sin. Right. I I just I pray that for whoever hears this and whoever just has a heart to follow Christ because we cannot afford to have apathy towards sin. That's right. Now, and love the people wherever they are. Like I, I love each and every one of you listening, 
but hate the sin. That's right. No, it's true. I mean, we need. It says to confess our sins to one another. Yeah. And also tells us to carry each other's burdens. Like we are meant to fight together, like Amen. shield to shield, arm to arm, standing together in unison of one accord and one mindset. Amen. Right. That Christ claimed who He was. He said. He said the things that are happening that He said are going to happen are going to happen, and that the time is now. The time is now. It's not. We are. We are. I know this is. A, this is a kind of a Christianese kind of thing. But we are not promised tomorrow, literally. Amen. And and God forbid someone just sits there, and just doesn't believe that it could happen to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because literally, we are not promised tomorrow. That's that's how. That's why the the Lord. So it's so good about God is that He always gives us either a story or an example. Yeah. Of why the warning is there. And just like the virgins in the book, I think it's Revelation, right? When they were supposed to cut the wicks of the, of the lamps and they're supposed to have fresh oil and they brought extra oil for their journey. It was but, two of the four Gospels. Uh, Jesus gave a parable of it. Okay, dope. Matthew, I think. Thank you. So here's my thing. Is that we were always supposed to be prepared yeah. for his coming. Yeah. Right? And not even that. But we should always be prepared regardless because... He could just call you home because whatever work he had for you is done. Or it's like, hey, dude, uh, though I am I am the vine and though and my father is the vine dresser and those that do not produce a fruit are cut off and wow. thrown into the fire. Wow. How how scary is that, bro? Yeah. Like, that's real, man. That's not yeah. God just being a mean God. Yeah. That's like him. Just he, it's a warning. It's like, mm. hey, if you don't do this or, or these things that I've commanded you. You're worthless to me. It is. You're taking up room in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so I just I I hope that nobody like I'm not I'm not trying to speak, you know, ill. I'm just trying to tell you that it is it is of urgency that we turn from our sins. Yeah. That we truly repent. And that means a confession and a turning away and a newness of life. Dude. And if you struggle, that accountability and Rob and I, we have that relationship, and I will tell you, it's not. We don't do it perfectly, right? We're not just sitting here like on our on our pedestal of you know perfection, oh, yeah. like we got it figured yeah. out. But I will. I what we're really trying to achieve also is encouraging the body to just fight well, do better, in love. Amen. You know. Yeah, if we can encourage anybody to one thing. I love how Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, the love of God constrains me. Hmm. The love of God constrains me. Hmm. Like, just think about that. Like, I don't keep away from sin because I'm in the Old Testament and I have to do enough good things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in God. I'm in Christ and he's in me. That's but right. the love of God constrains me. Mm. Like just think about that. And it, and it, our biggest thing here is just to motivate everyone as a believer. And I, and I'll wrap it up here. Um I just I hope you just feel the urgency in this and we we are just sharing what we've been we've been praying about and talking about and reading in the Word for the last two and a half hours. Yeah. That God has just put an urgency on our hearts to motivate other believers. And I'll leave you with this one thing: in why is this important for us as believers? 
Why, why does this even matter? And here's why. If you go in Daniel in uh, chapter 8, I believe it is, he's praying, he's been praying for days and days and days, and now, and now the angel comes back to him and says, hey, I heard you, and I, and I came back, and um, I'm sorry I didn't get here sooner. But the reason why I didn't get here sooner was because I was fighting with the, the, the angel of Persia. Right, and when I leave you, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fight the angel of of the the nation of Greece, and what he's saying here is there's spiritual warfare happening. It's not in chapter eight, but it, he's saying there's spiritual warfare happening, That's right. and your prayers matter. That's right. He said your your prayers matter. Keep praying, um, but but there's spiritual warfare happening. Okay, it's a Daniel chapter 10 verse 20 it says uh don't you know where I come to you from he says I now return to fight with the prince of Persia and when I'm gone forth from there the prince of Greece is going to come so going back to in Revelation where it says the four angels are on the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of darkness whose job is it to support those angels in prayer God's will will be done but how dare we neglect the great privilege that we have to command health and healing and power on God's people and command God's will be done yeah. and let's not pass this blessing up let's have this sense of urgency let's not be like Dan and go for the easy fruit right. I can sit in my living room and pray with my wife but why not go out and find someone who doesn't know Christ and say come here let's go together why not go out and find someone who's really really angry about this election and be like come here bro let, let me speak some truth to you. Right, let right. me let me let me comfort you. Peace in Jesus' name, right? That's what Jesus told the seventy right. and the twelve to say. Hey, go say peace be unto you, right? Because this this nation is not full of peace right now, right? But it is our responsibility to be in prayer and to command healing and to command God's will to be done. Not 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 meddling in elections, not meddling in politics. God's will will be done. Right. He was, you know, the number one thing that Daniel prayed with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when they were praying for a bit for an answer to the to the king's vision. Right. He said, "God, I know you're the one mm -hmm. that puts kings into place." Oh, maybe we, we can we can harken back to Luke and and go and and he, like the government shall be upon his shoulders interesting it, that's not just the church body i mean that i believe that in the sense of governance as a whole like he has the power to place people where they need to be at a specific time for a specific reason and how dare we get so caught and around i'm not saying don't pray for the president sure. don't pay attention to these things but if it becomes an idol yeah you got to kill that idol and repent and really focus i, I like really like I, for me for me for anybody listening really right now is the number one focus is really taking that hard look at yourself and your life and your relationship with Christ. Yeah. What does it look like now? What needs to change? And then the, the simplicity of a relationship with Christ. This is why I love him so much. It's because he's so faithful, merciful, and sovereign that you can literally just ask him, Lord, I'm sorry, man. I've been kind of screwing up lately. Yeah. Please lead me in the way that you want me to go 
show me my error and forgive me and lead me into newness with you. And man, oh man, he will show up. He will never not be good to us or loving us if we have a true heart and asking for his help. Dude, right? That's that spoken like someone who said that prayer before. <laughs> I I know I have. Uh, and I, I am so thankful for God's grace and his mercy that he he doesn't neglect us. And he doesn't he says he who he loves he chastens, but he's always there for us. And I I just have to pray this because my biggest prayer for anyone who hears this is to understand the urgency that God has given us the ability and the responsibility to pray for our nation yeah. and to pray for those people around us. And probably more importantly, mm. to pray for a way to help everywhere we can. Sure. Every single one of us can do more. That's right. And, and I just, I'm so thankful for the examples here. And God bless every single one of you for listening. God has a plan for you and for your life. And it and it doesn't it doesn't end badly if you turn your life over to him. Uh, he has nothing but good for you if you will ch- choose him. And I I just exhort everyone here to just feel that sense of urgency to love and to pray and just we cannot afford to be stuck choosing one political candidate or another Mm. and i'm sorry to keep harping on this but i i have reached a point now where where i had to come to terms with myself that i was not going to be at peace Mm. with who was going to be president if it wasn't the person that i wanted and i had to repent from that and i had to rebuke that and say look at daniel Mm. you know he came to belteshazzar when they were partying in his house and said, um, your kingdom's taken away from you because God says so. And the next day, he had a different king. Right. They didn't say if he liked that king. I mean, until God revealed himself right. to Darius, we don't know a thing about Darius. Mm. And I just, you know what? As, as believers, guys, our responsibilities are so much bigger than just who's president. So I pray for this land tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for blessing your believers and for blessing all those that call on your name. You are so full of mercy. All of your promises are yes and amen. You've given us the ability and the responsibility to reach out and to help and to love and to give everything we had. Lord, you said that whatever we give in this time, in this day, will be given back to us a hundredfold. So why wouldn't we give everything we have? He said, whoever leaves houses or lands or wealth, it will be given to them a hundredfold in this day. That's what he said. Let's give everything we can. Let's give our time. Let's give our money. Let's give our lives to help those in need and not worry about these political things. So thank you, God. For wisdom, thank you for understanding, and thank you for these examples you've given us in the Word. Thank you for my brother Bryce, and thank you for every brother and sister who hear this and will be touched through your Word, Lord. Not our words, but your Word, God. We praise your name.